everyone, welcome to the Fantasy Bros Football Podcast. I'm Bobby Sylvester, joined again by Mike Taglier. He's back. Tags, how you doing, buddy? Oh, man. Well, I've been better, but uh, I'm, I'm pulling through. <laughs> I was given the live stream off to try and save my voice. So, uh, yeah, my, it's just basically my throat. It's it's fine, though. I just need to get through uh, through the Thanksgiving and uh, enjoy some food with the family. So hopefully the sickness doesn't last long. I'm, I'm just happy to be back, man. I like talking football, and uh, I really do miss when I'm not on the show. It's so funny because you guys are probably sitting there thinking like, oh, man, Tag sounds sick. Guys, before the show, he sounded so much worse. Like he is putting on a show right now so much just by trying to not act super sick. Um, I'm excited about our guest today as well. We've got Derek Brown. He's on Twitter at dbro underscore FFB. He's a writer for the Quant Edge. And you know Joe Pisapia that came on yesterday that does, he writes the Black Books, um, the, the award-winning series. Derek helps him write those. He's a co-author for them. And uh, Derek's a great guest. We're looking forward to having you on, Derek. Thanks for coming on. Guys, look, thank y'all for having me. This is going to be a blast. Yeah, <laughs> Joe stuck me with, uh, as the new guy in the door, I got stuck with tight ends and kickers. So <laughs> take that for what it's worth. I had to fall on the sword like the samurai this year. But no, it's it's been a blast, man. I can't believe we're already at week 13. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's nuts. I mean, fantasy playoffs next week, and that's the part where it's like, okay, this sickness cannot come at a worse time. It's like, this is the home stretch. I mean, this is where this is where we all need to be at our best. So again, uh, I'm sorry for missing the podcast yesterday, and I'm happy to be back. So it's a really interesting week, guys. So uh, for those of you who don't know, this is our Start Sit podcast. We're going to be talking rankings, helping you make those Start Sit decisions. We usually record on Wednesday. And uh, since it's Tuesday, I mean, it's it's a tight week for everybody in the industry. We're all in a crunch getting as much content squeezed into three days as we possibly can. Um, and so it's just going to be interesting doing our rankings now. There's a lot of injury information we don't know, so we might have to skip over some of that. As always, though, Tags is going to have his primer with a paragraph on every single player playing. If you have questions, check out Tags Primer. He can give you a better answer on there than he can through Twitter in 160 characters or whatever it is. I'm going to be releasing my rankings article tomorrow. If you have start set questions that we don't answer on this show, you can refer to those rankings. I'm going to update them every couple of hours up through Thursday, up until Sunday kickoff as well. And again, you can reach Derek on Twitter at dbro underscore FFB. We all answer as many questions as we we possibly can. Again, the shorter you keep them, uh, the more likely we are to get to yours and the more straightforward and simple. Hey, half PPR, start two of these three, blah, 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 of these guys. Okay. That's really going to help us. And uh, if you write polls as well, we're more likely to respond to those. Uh, we'd love to get to as many of them as possible. We're not trying to show you guys up or anything like that. It's just, we only have so much time and we have a lot of uh, writing to do as well. You guys ready to talk about uh starter set? Absolutely. Yeah. Let's dive in. All right, guys, we'll start at the running back position. And as always, we're not going to talk about guys that you always start no matter what. Le'Veon Bell, Melvin Gordon is in there now. Uh, against Denver, it's actually a pretty good matchup as well. Does Philip Lindsay belong in that conversation, Derek? Yeah, Philip Lindsay's been a guy that you got to be divided on right now. I mean, you got to love the matchup versus the Chargers. We've seen them give up a ton of rushing yards. It's just, does he get the rock enough? Like, that's the question week in and week out. Your median projection has got, what, 13, 15 touches? So if he doesn't break off a long run, I think the ECR is a little bit higher on Lindsay than I possibly am, but I'm curious where y'all are at because I look at him as probably more of a low-end RB2 than a high-end. Tags, where do you have him, man? I've got him at RB20 right now. 
Yeah, he's someone that's going to be in the middling RB2 conversation for me. I mean, the Chargers, if you, if you look at their team as a whole, uh, they're, some, they're, they're a team that really does defend the pass really well. And it, apparently Derwin James might come back this week. I haven't seen any official word on that. But if he comes back, obviously it's going to be a boost, uh, a strong safety for them. They've, they've been playing with backup safeties all year long, even lost one of their backups to their backups. So um, they've been struggling in that aspect of the field. But getting James back is going to help them in all aspects. The biggest concern about this game is that the over-under is, I think, at 38 points. That's like one, that's the lowest total on the week. And um, the good news is that Philip Lindsay is getting a ton of work in comparison to Royce Freeman. They are going with Lindsay mo- more moving forward, but Brandon Allen has not targeted the running back. So it really does cap his upside. I think he's a solid, I think he's a safe floor play where he's a guy that's probably going to see, you know, close to 15 carries in this game. Should, I, I mean, looking at it, the Chargers have allowed, uh, I think it's nine different running backs to finish his top 14 options. So it, it isn't a bad matchup against the Chargers. That is the weakness of their team. I think their linebackers are the weakest point, even when they're at full strength. Uh, but I mean, we're trending in the right direction with Lindsay. I think Royce Freeman is finally out of the conversation where you don't start him almost like unless it's a dire emergency. But yeah, I think I think Lindsay is a relatively safe running back where it's 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 a slate full of running backs that were were either in a terrible matchup or were wondering about their workload. Are they a three down back? I would just like to see Brandon Allen target the running backs a little bit more. So Derek earlier mentioned ECR. ECR is called, it's our expert consensus ranking. So we've got a hundred analysts throughout the industry who come to Fantasy Pros and give us their rankings for our rankings competition. So we can tell you guys who are the most accurate experts. Uh, Tegs, you're beating me right now, but I'm catching you, baby. And um, so you can follow along at fantasypros.com slash rankings because we mash everybody in the industry together and say, as a consensus, this is what the analysts in the industry are recommending. So for instance, Philip Lindsay is at RB14. I've got him a little bit lower. Um, and, and you can just follow along and see what the analysts in the industry are, are thinking about these players. Um, but in regards to Philip Lindsay, yeah, it's a great matchup against the Chargers. He had a great matchup last week against the Bills, and he went for seven fantasy points. Um, and the thing was, we thought that they finally just Overall, turned over this backfield to Philip Lindsay. 52 snaps to 24 in Week 11. And guess what? They went right back to Freeman, leading the team in snaps for the seventh time in eight weeks for Denver. That concerns me a little bit. Now, I'm still starting Philip Lindsay. I think he's a start every week. Um, but I'd be more inclined to start someone like David Montgomery. What do you guys think about Montgomery this week? Derek, you first. I'm not actually on Montgomery. Uh, if I'm taking one of the Bears backs, I actually think it's Tariq Cohen. You look at Detroit and where they've been just gashed is through the air. I mean, they're giving up a ton of yardage to opposing teams' running backs. And so if I'm going to go with the Bears back, it's not Montgomery. I actually think Cohen's usage has been trending up. Detroit's given up the third most receiving yards to opposing running backs. They've given up seven touchdowns through the air. So I like the thought on the Bears running back, but it's not Montgomery for me. I like Cohen quite a bit too. I like him a lot more than ECR. Uh, I think Montgomery tags is going to get 15 plus touches against one of the worst run defenses in football. Where do you have Montgomery? Where do you have Cohen? Yeah, Montgomery is somebody that I, I I do like quite a bit this week, and it's it's really rough though because you know the Lions have been a, a a run defense to attack, but over the last three weeks they've held a combination of Montgomery, Cohen, Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard, Darius Geis, and Adrian Peterson 
to just 3.28 yards per carry and one touchdown in those three games. So it's almost like they've they've put a focus on stopping the run and saying we're going to let our defense do what they do and force Trubisky to beat us. That's what they did in the first meeting. And Trubisky is someone that's actually played really well against the Lions. He's only played them twice, obviously, but it's it's both the Matt Nagy offense, it's Matt Patricia. Like Trubisky just seems to play better against man coverage teams, and that's what they're doing. So Montgomery, the reason I like him more than Cohen is because the Bears have had 14 carries available inside the five yard line this year and Montgomery has gotten 13 of them so if you're betting on the Bears to score or win this game or whatever the case may be you want to bet on him to get the touchdown and I think that they were lightening his workload a little bit uh, against the Rams and maybe even a little bit last week against the Giants because he was dealing with that ankle sprain so I I kind of like both of them I think Cohen is in the the RB3 radar I think you could start him confidently but I think Montgomery belongs in the RB2 conversation this week as a guy that should see 16 touches against the defense that looking at as a whole haven't been very good against the run even though they have turned things around as of late. For what it's worth, David Montgomery's ECR is 20, and I can't understand this. Tariq Cohen's is 37. Over the last two weeks, he's got 15 carries, 15 targets. That's the workload that we like to see. When He was getting that last year, and he was a top 15 fantasy football running back, and he's got a great matchup against Detroit. Now, obviously, the offense isn't as good as it was last year, but I think Cohen is a lock to produce flex value. I've got him ranked well inside my top 30 without hesitation, so I love that call, Derek. Um, Now, there's two big-time problem backs here, okay? Chris Carson seemed to lose his job last week. I don't know if they're going to go back to him. Uh, A lot of people are excited about Rashad Penny. Regardless, they have a horrible matchup face Minnesota. His ECR is 16. Tevin Coleman's is 18. Not a very good matchup against Baltimore. Uh, He's been out-touched and out-snapped by Raheem Mostert. Maybe Matt Breida comes back. Derek, do you feel comfortable starting both Chris Carson and Tevin Coleman this week? I don't feel feel comfortable starting Carson. I... Wow, okay. I... Look, you just never know what Stinky Pete's (laughs) going to do. Like, there is no idea that anybody can have a perfect read on what Carroll is willing to do week in and week out. As much as we've seen Chris Carson put the ball on the turf... I can't feel confident starting him right now. When I mean, Would it surprise anybody? I mean, I'll open this to the floor. Would it surprise either one of y'all if Pete Carroll made this a 50-50 split this week and, and Penny got more work? I wouldn't be surprised, honestly. Oh, I think that's likely. I was saying more along the lines of, did he lose his job, like entirely lose it? I, I think that's absolutely in question. So, yeah, if, if it's between the two guys, it's Coleman for me because I know – where the touches go, if the 49ers get in close, it's going to be Tevin Coleman. He is their goal linebacker. Ever since he's been back, the Jeff Wilson show has been nada anymore, and it's Tevin Coleman when they get inside the five. Tags, t- Tevin Coleman, last five weeks, 11 carries, 12 carries, 9 carries, 12 carries, 11 carries. And that was in five good matchups. Now he gets Baltimore this week. I'm concerned about Tevin Coleman's workload. I mean, I'm concerned about Chris Carson too, but even last week he had a 50-50 split and he still, you know, went for eight fantasy points. Like that's his floor. Tevin Coleman has shown to have a lesser floor than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really didn't understand the ranking of Tevin Coleman at 18 in the ECR. Like, I'm going to have him outside my top 25 running backs this week. I don't like him at, at all. Uh, he's a guy, as you mentioned, he hasn't top 12 carries since way back in week seven. Uh, honestly, there was one game he had. It was against the Panthers. Everybody scores touchdowns against the Panthers. But you look at the Ravens, and uh, they're a team like, running backs have averaged just 21 touches per game against the Ravens. That's the lowest number in the league. And so when you combine that with the fact that we're starting to see the 49ers pass a little bit more, uh, you're starting to see the touches go down. And if Matt Breida comes back, 
it's like all of a sudden Coleman might be in like a 10 to 12 touch role. And why are we, why are we trusting a guy that's inefficient in that role? Like he, he's not a guy that breaks big plays. The Ravens have been fantastic outside of one game against Nick Chubb when they were missing defensive tackle Brandon Williams. So I don't like Coleman at all. I mean, if Breida misses the game, I, I like him a little bit more, but it would, he'd still be an RB three territory for me. Uh, He's still startable. Like if you've got him in an RB3 territory, you can flex him. I would just much rather play guys. We'll get to these guys. Ronald Jones, Miles Sanders, Bo Scarborough. I'd rather play any of those guys than than uh, Tevin Coleman this week. Yeah, I would rather play David Montgomery like we talked about already. Um, but I honestly, I might rather play Matt Breida. If Breida plays in this game, I'd probably play him over Coleman because at least Breida gives you the opportunity for a big play. Like Tevin Coleman does also, not yeah. break long plays anymore. He also gives you the opportunity of leaving the game in the first quarter with another injury. That's also true, but I'll take that. <laughs> I mean, Kevin, Tevin Coleman basically has left the game in the, in the first quarter because he's finished with 45 or less rushing yards and five of his last seven games. All right, guys, we've got more running backs to talk about, but first I want to tell you about one of the sponsors of today's show, Burrow. Guys, I don't know what part of the country you live in, but where I am, it is extremely cold. Like I'm, I've got the heat cranked up and I'm sitting here, my hands are still freezing. And when I'm done with work, I don't want to go out and do anything. I don't want to bundle up with a huge coat. I want to sit on my couch and just have a cozy night in watching a movie or watching a TV or hopefully watching football. That'd be great if football was on. And you can do that if you're a homebody like me with a new Burrow couch. Burrow's really cool because they've got all this customization. You can pick your fabric color, leg finish, armrest style, and even length. You can add a chase lounge or an ottoman or both like I did. And they've got some unique features as well. Durable fabric that's naturally scratch and stain resistant. It's absolutely incredible. And this is really cool too. So you know how like when your phone is dying and you have to plug in your phone all the way across the room and it's like, well, that sucks. Like now I can't use my phone while it's charging. They've got built-in USB chargers in their couches. I'm not joking around. It's really easy to set up, really easy to move. You can set it up by yourself in just minutes, add or remove seats as needed. And it's more than just sofas too. Burrow's Genius Sleep Kit transforms your comfy sofa into an even comfier bed. And Burrow just launched a collection of functional, affordable rugs. You guys know just how hard it is to find a good rug that you love. You're definitely going to be able to find one that you love with Burrow. They've got free one-week shipping as well. And if you want to get $75 off a new sofa and free one-week shipping, you can go to Burrow.com slash Fantasy Pros. That's B-U-R-R-O-W dot com slash Fantasy Pros for $75 off a new Burrow sofa. So how do you feel about Carson and the Penny situation? I mean, are you playing either of them? You playing both of them? You playing one of them? I'm going to believe what Pete Carroll tells us because uh, someone's going to ask him that this week. You are? He's Ooh. such a liar, dude. That is that's a hot take. That's uh, risky. Oh my gosh, it's risky. <laughs> this is a narrative that I've disagreed with for a long time. Uh, Pete Carroll puts the best guy in the field and he is willing to do that. He doesn't care what they're paid. He doesn't care. Like they talked about trading Rashad Penny. That that showed like basically like they like it was about to happen, but nobody gave the asking price they wanted. And if they were willing to do that, it means they, they were willing to live with Car- Chris Carson, who he is. They understand he's a bruising running back. He's going to fight for extra yardage. And the fumbles that he had in this game were just like more of like a miscommunication. I think he does carry that job. I think they're going to mix in Penny a little bit more, maybe just to give him more of a breather. But I would rather start Chris Carson than Tevin Goldman, 100%. Me too. Yeah, I've got Carson at 22. I've got Coleman at 27 right now. Yeah, there's risk with Carson for sure, but I- I'd still play him. 
the other thing about Carson, too, is that if you look at the Vikings, it's not on the ground where they've been torched. If Seattle is forced, they cannot run the ball. Their, their corners have been terrible. Trey Waynes has been horrible. The road has been absolutely open with anybody going against Xavier Rhodes this year. So if Seattle is going to move the ball, I think they air it out. And I think that DK Metcalf had a huge game, and Carson can kind of do nothing in this one. Carson's still a little bit involved in the passing game, but it is risky, man. Uh, there, there's a lot of guys that are are good enough starts that I could potentially see benching Chris Carson in week 13 needing to make the playoffs. Now, I'm going to give you guys three names, okay? This is for more shallow leagues. Most people are going to be starting these guys. But if you have to choose between the three of them, Tags, you're going to go first. Todd Gurley at Arizona. Joe Mixon at the Jets. Devin Singletary at Dallas. Gurley for me. The Ram the Rams want Todd Gurley back in the role they had. I think they're trying to get back to the way that they used to. Unfortunately, Jared Goff has sucked. Uh but Goff, I cannot believe I'm going to say this, but I'm going to be I'm going to be touting Jared Goff this week as a play. Ooh, I'm going to rank him as man. a top 10. I like that call. I I've been so I've been someone that's literally slandering Goff all year long and saying don't play him like literally he's droppable and he's a streaming quarterback at best. This is a week where I'm going to play him and I think that this game with a, with an over under of 47 the Rams are favored by four on the road. I, I like this game to go over. I actually think this is going to be a higher scoring game. Both teams, like, they allow their opponents tons of plays. And um, But as long as they're scoring opportunities, Todd Gurley is going to be in the game. Uh, they need wins, like, right now. And Todd Gurley, he's looked fine. I mean, I, I know... He had nine touches, though, on Monday night. Well, that was basically... If you watch that game, there was no... Like, there was nothing. They had nothing against the Ravens. And the Ravens look like the best team in the NFL right now. Like, honestly, like... Right. The, with the way Lamar Jackson played last night you you can't stop it like you basically need him to cool off in order to beat that team because their defense is playing top notch basically they, they and we've seen this before with Gurley right when they were whooping on the Bengals when the game's not close Todd Gurley comes out right I don't think they're going to whoop on the Cardinals I think it's going to be a higher scoring game where I think teams can go back and forth uh, with a lot of plays and I'm, I'm expecting Gurley to get you know 18 plus touches in this game and finish as I would say that he's probably going to finish as a top 15 running back this week all right, Derek, do you agree? Todd Gurley, Joe Mixon, Singletary. You taking Gurley? I I think that Gurley is the, is the play here only because of touchdown equity. I think that Gurley, we've seen him. Okay, he comes off the bye week versus the Bears. He gets a ton of run. And yes, the Ravens steamrolled the Rams. That is absolutely true. The thing that scares me about Todd Gurley is if anybody's just, I mean, and I don't want to be team hashtag watch the tape, but it's true. The guy has no lateral agility this year. And because Tags is talking about, I do like golf a lot this week. Arizona's secondary is terrible. But I lean Gurley because of the touchdown equity. If they get in close, he can have a terrible stat line. He could put up a Ben Jarvis Green Ellis stat line and get you two touchdowns. And that, because of his touchdown equity, puts him above the other two. Mixon's in a terrible matchup versus the Jets. The, t- the only run defense better, well, actually, they're not. Right now, if you look at every single metric, the Jets are top seven in every single running back metric right now. They're even above the Buccaneers as a terrible matchup. So I, Mixon's an easy cross-off. Singletary, he could get 100 yards because you can run on Dallas, but the, fi- the fact of it is is that when they get in close, Josh Allen is the one that's going to get the goal line dives. And Frank Gore's still plenty involved, too. I mean, they're all, all three of these guys are in my top 22. I, I feel confident starting any of them, but between the three of them, I agree. It, it's girly for me. Like you were talking about, week four against Tampa Bay, five carries, 16 yards, two touchdowns. Week five against Seattle, 51 yards, two touchdowns. That's who Todd Gurley is at this point. And he's actually being involved more in the past. Now, he had three games in a row where he had, you know, one target. But they've been getting him four, three, three the past couple of weeks. Now, it's not like he was last year, but he's still involved in the passing game now. 
Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's get three more running backs here. These ones are a little bit more interesting in my mind. Jonathan Williams against Tennessee. Bo Scarborough against the Chicago Bears. Tags, you're going to go first again. And let's go Benny Snell against the Cleveland Browns. Williams, Scarborough, Snell. Can I choose Ronald Jones over them all? Yes. I wasn't even going to ask about Ronald Jones because he's so far in my top 20 that like, I mean, it wasn't even a question for me, but yeah, his ECR is 23. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, I would choose him over everybody there, but uh, Jonathan Williams would be my pick. Uh, he's a guy, I mean, back-to-back 100-yard games. I mean, I wasn't necessarily a believer and I was worried about the timeshare, but he's done nothing to lose that job. Absolutely nothing. Marlon Mack has already been ruled out for this game. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Jonathan Williams here. Tennessee, they're not, it's not a great matchup for running backs, but at the same time, it's, they've been a better matchup as the, the, the weeks have gone on, and we just saw Leonard Fournette have a massive game against them. Fournette looked really good, by the way, in that game. Like it, it was Fournette showed more burst than I think I've ever seen him have in the NFL. Like it was almost like he was running, like with a will. And like, and how much has he improved as a pass catcher? Too holy cow! Yeah, he's caught passes throughout his career. I remember we had a segment this off season, and we talked about things that people people. It was in our fantasy feud that what are things that people think are true that aren't actually true. And I said that Leonard Fournette isn't a good PPR running back because he has been, and he's a guy that can catch passes, uh, been plenty competent, but he's third. Did you guys know he is third in the NFL, like among running backs in targets behind Christian McCaffrey and Austin Eckler. That's it. I fully believe it. Yep. Fully believe it. I I mean, I watch all the Jags games, so I believe it, but that kind of surprises me. That's a lot. Um, Okay. So I would agree with that. Ronald Jones is, I've got him at 16 guys. Like who am I kidding? Uh, He's going to tear up Jacksonville. It's a matter of if they give him the the carries. He had 12 last week for the week before, but he's involved in the passing game quite a bit as well. And those were bad running matchups, bad game scripts as well. I don't think that's the case this week against Jacksonville. Um, So Derek, let me ask you, would you prefer Ronald Jones, Jonathan Williams, Benny Snell, Bo Scarborough? Of these four, which would you prefer? It's Ronald Jones for me. The Colts, they ran for over 200 yards versus this Jacksonville team. Over the last three weeks, they've given up on average to running backs 192 yards on the ground and seven and a half yards a carry. Ronald Jones could have 15 touches in this game, and he's good. he's a good <laughs> shot to break a 50-yard run. If there's any game that Rojo is going to hit the 100-yard mark, it's now or never, baby. Like, it's going to happen this week. I'm calling it. Like I said, I'm a Jags fan. They do not care whatsoever on defense. You can, uh, Calais Campbell saying, this team has a ton of heart. We're not going to give up. You guys already gave up. You guys aren't trying at all. I'm fine with that because I want the higher pick. Like, you're not going to make the playoffs, but don't pretend that you, you guys are trying. Like, you're not tackling whatsoever. So who's number two on this list then? Jonathan Williams, Scarborough, or Snell? I think it's Jonathan Williams, and you look at the offense and just the offensive line behind him. I mean, the Colts are going to get pushed. We know that that is absolutely going to happen. But if you look at going up against Tennessee, you can run on the Tennessee Titans. Like, even with Jarrell Casey back last week, like, that's a possibility. Like, I fully believe that Jonathan Williams is going to get, he's a lock for, what, 18 to 20 touches in this one. And going up against Tennessee, yes, they're sixth in rush DVOA. But if you look at the metrics more in depth, they're also 25th in open field ranking. So when if the offensive line can get the running back in space, can they make plays? Jonathan Williams might be just a jag. He might not be like a special talent. But this offensive line, you also marry that with the running back play. And with that, with Jonathan Williams, yeah, I, I'm, I'm full in on him this week. I don't think Scarborough or Snell are bad starts. I've got them at uh, 25 and 27. Um, Chicago is uh, a run funnel defense. You can't pass against them. Their run defense is not 
not that great. Um, now, Benny Snell, it depends on if James Conner's out again, obviously. If he is out, I think he's got the job over Jalen Samuels. Would you agree, Tags? Yeah, he does have the job, but I'm, I'm really concerned about the offense in general. Um, so Snell's not involved in the passing game. So if the game script goes south, he's he's basically uninvolved. Uh, he's kind of a plotter, and we can't, we can't take a, a matchup that he had last week against the Bengals, the team that can't tackle. I know Cleveland's going to be missing some starters, but they do get uh, Ogunjobi back on the defensive line this week. That's obviously going to help up the middle. Uh, this is like going to be that's going to be a dirty game uh, with Cleveland and Pittsburgh. Obviously, it's the rematch of you know what happened a couple weeks ago, but um, I, that, that's going to be a nasty game. And I just don't see Benny Snell making very much of an impact. I would rather play Tariq Cohen over someone like Benny Snell. Agreed. And with Scarborough, I mean, he's possibly tied to what the third string quarterback possibly this week on the Lions. Yeah, Driscoll might not play. <laughs> going up against the Bears, too. Like, they're going to stack the box all day. Well, and this is saying in 2019, do you want to play LeGarrette 2.0 in Bo Scarborough, or do you want to play any other back? And I'm not going for LeGarrette Blunt 2.0. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's get four more running backs. Then we'll go to, if you're really desperate, who do you pick up? Although not as many people are going to be desperate with bye weeks. Um, Austin Eckler against Denver. He's been pretty volatile since Melvin Gordon came back. We'll go Carlos Hyde against the Patriots. Miles Sanders against Miami. Um, I love the matchup, obviously. Miles Sanders hasn't really got much done. And let's throw in one more here. I'm going to go with uh, Kareem Hunt against Pittsburgh. So let me recap here. Eckler, uh, Carlos Hyde, Miles Sanders, Kareem Hunt, tags your first. Miles Sanders, not even close. I'm going to have Miles Sanders as a top 15 play this week. Top 15. Oh, man, you got me beat. I thought I was high on him. I've got him at 17. Yeah, the Eagles are... They're, they're in desperation mode, and they need to win. Uh, we don't know if Alshon Jeffrey is going to be back. We don't know if Nelson Aguilar is going to be back. But what we do know is that you can run the ball all over Miami. Uh, they've they faced 27.7 carries per game. That's a league high. Miles Sanders did have the edge over Jay Ajayi last week. He ran the ball better than Jay Ajayi. He's the guy they drafted in the second round to be that guy. This is a week where they need him. Yeah, but still only 12 carries. Like, he was the guy and he got 12 carries. Right. I mean, but the, the reason is is because the, basically the, the game just didn't go as they planned it to. Uh, I, I don't know why they didn't run the ball more, to be honest with you. Uh, with Jadavian Clowney out for the Seahawks, it would have made a lot of sense. But against Miami... Let's limit our turnovers. Let's limit the errors that we can make and keep the ball on the ground. Let Miles Sanders, let him touch the ball 20 times this week. And I, I think it's happening, honestly. As long as Jordan Howard is out, I'm going to have Miles Sanders as a top 15 play. So we've got our DFS show tomorrow, and I'm going to be talking about Miles Sanders in cash games. I've, I've already got him locked in. Like, there's no doubt about it for me. I'm playing him. And yes, we are going to be covering the Thanksgiving slate. It's going to be out for Wednesday night so that you can be prepared for that Thanksgiving slate as well. And we'll cover the Sunday main slate. Now, Derek, what do you think about these four that I mentioned? Eckler, Kareem Hunt, Carlos Hyde, Miles Sanders. I think it's a slam dunk. Like, you didn't have to read the rest of the list off to me, Bobby. Like, it's Sanders and it's not even close. Miami's 30. Really? Okay, you've got him over Austin Eckler too. I do, man. Like the Dolphins are 32nd versus running backs in both rushing and receiving, like in DVOA. Like it's not even close. Sanders is going to get locked in. And we haven't even talked about the fact that Carson Wentz is banged up too. So if he even plays, they have all their pass catchers are banged up. What is holding back the Eagles from saying, okay, we're just going to give it to Sanders 20 times, let him do what he does, and rest the rest of the team? Like the, the Dolphins cannot make this a game. There's no way they make this a game, and Sanders is going to get fed. Can you guys see a situation where after this week, it's like going into the fantasy playoffs? Like this week, Ronald Jones and Miles Sanders win fantasy weeks, and people are like, <laughs> well, it's a good thing that I'm not in the playoffs and I, it doesn't matter anymore. Like I could see people saying that, right? Yeah, I absolutely can. 
It, it's going to be wild. Um, so, I mean, it's really interesting because I'm looking at ECR. Sanders is 26. Austin Eckler's 21. And all three of us agree, it's a slam dunk. Like, I'm, it, I don't even feel any hesitation about it. I've got Sanders, like I said, uh, 17. I've got Eckler outside my top 25. Like, yeah, okay, he had 12 targets week 11. They had the bye in week 12. But before that, he had two targets, six carries, four targets for 23 yards, uh, three carries for three yards, two receptions for 19. Like, he's not involved consistently enough, and they have a bad matchup. I don't love the Eckler play this week, guys. Yeah, he's. I don't think Eckler is terrible uh, in terms of, like, I, I think Philip Rivers needs to learn to love Austin Eckler because... When targeting Keenan Allen, 95 targets, he's, you know, 725 yards. Mike Williams, 56 targets, 585 yards. He's he's thrown uh, nine interceptions when targeting those guys, whereas Austin Eckler, 667 yards on 74 targets, six touchdowns, no interceptions. Like, Phillip Rivers is, is declining rapidly, and it's like he needs to learn to love Austin Eckler. They, they did use him as, like, somewhat of a wide receiver at, at times last week, so they're getting him and Gordon on the field together. Uh, he's the one thing basically Philip Rivers has going for him right now, and that's why I do think he's going to remain involved. And someone that I would I, I'd consider probably like a low end RB two, he's not going to get many scoring opportunities. Uh, he he is due for crazy regression in terms of like what he's done, um, like with his six receiving touchdowns, but he should offer a decent floor. I still like him. I mean, I like him more than uh, than Kareem Hunt, who we mentioned. I like him more than Carlos Hyde in a horrible matchup against New England. I've actually got Hunt outside my top 30. All right, guys, we've got more running backs to talk about. But first, I want to tell you about one of the sponsors of today's show, Paul Frederick. So, Tags, this is really funny, right? So when we got an email from Paul Frederick and said, hey, we're going to be your sponsor. We'd like to send you guys some shirts. We were really pumped up, and they were like, Hey, what kind of uh, shirts do you like to wear? Like what colors and tags? What did you tell him, man? I told him I'm like a black and white type guy where it's <laughs> like I uh, I don't veer outside that range too often. And, uh, so, you know, I, I said basically the same thing. I'm pretty dull. Like I like to wear these warmer colors, nothing too crazy or fancy. And guess what they did? They were like, we're sending you some colorful shirts, not because they ignored us, but because they wanted us to go outside our comfort range and just see, you know, if we like a more definitive color or pattern. And so what, what does yours look like tags? What did they send you? So I got two of them and I got a, I got a purple one. That's kind of like, it's not a, it's like a, it's like a very tight flannel in terms of like the, the pattern on it. And then there's another one. It's a white one that's got like gray checkering throughout it. And, uh, I really liked it. There was one that was slim fit one that wasn't. So it really depends on what you're looking for. If you're athletic in shape and you like things that are form fitting, these shirts definitely do that. But if you're one that likes a little looser, you know, dress fit, then just go with the casual one. And that one fits extremely well. Yeah, I got one as well that's a very bright yellow, and it's got some uh, some purple, blue, and red mixed in in the flannel as well. And the, the reason that I don't especially like to dress nice tags is because I just want to be comfortable. But the Paul Frederick shirts I got are really comfortable, so I wear them all the time when I go out. And you know what? I feel a lot better when I'm going out wearing that than like athletic sweatpants and a, uh, my Baylor green hoodie that I wear to, to Walmart all the time when I'm shopping. I feel a lot better about myself. What about you, dude? Absolutely. It's 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 pretty rare that I get to go out, you know, with a two-year-old in the house. But when I do, I want to look good, right? And uh, these, these shirts definitely help me do that. And guys, Paul Frederick's been making dress shirts for over 30 years. And those shirts, like I said, are pretty darn good. Paul Frederick is all about the interesting colors and patterns and details that are going to elevate your wardrobe for work. They believe that when you wear a new color or something a little different, it lifts your spirit. People notice and that feels good. Visit paulfrederick.com slash fantasypros to receive $50 off any shirt. Again, that's paulfrederick.com slash fantasypros to receive $50 off any shirt. Now, guys, let's move on. 
outside of the top 30, is there anybody that you feel confident starting tags? Why don't you go first? I've got a couple names. Well, I mean, we had Tariq Cohen. We talked about him a little bit. I also think Jamal Williams is probably someone that I would feel semi-confident starting this week. This is one of those games where it's like, we're, we'll talk about this in the DFS show, but uh, where I, I feel like it's one of those games where Aaron Rodgers can kind of like, oh, hey guys, remember I'm Aaron Rodgers. Like he kind of did it against the Raiders uh, back, you know, earlier in this the year where it was like nobody was playing him because everybody just was like locked in the fact that he'd finished outside the top 20 quarterbacks multiple weeks prior. So I, I do believe there's going to be a lot of scoring opportunities and they've been splitting that workload. I mean, I know it was a blowout against the 49ers, but Jamal Williams, was I think it was like, what, 18 touches? So he's a guy that's getting, it seems like no matter what, he's getting, you know, 10 to 12 touches. And if you get that against the Giants team that is obviously going to be concerned about Aaron Rodgers, I think Williams has some appeal as a flex. Derek, who do you have outside the top 30 that you're fond of? <laughs> Tags, Tags have one of my guys. I love Jamal Williams. Uh, we've seen Aaron Jones' target share just fall to nothing. Well, with Devontae Adams off and on the field, Jamal Williams' target share has stayed steady. He's, he's rocking an 8% target share, which might not sound like a lot, but unlike Aaron Jones, his has not dried up. And if he continues with that, the Giants are 28th against pass catching running backs. So I, I like the call by Tags with Williams. The other guy, if you're scraping the bottle in the barrel, and this is absolutely matchup play for me. We talked about a little bit, got brought up about how bad the Panthers are versus the run. If there's any week for, for Callahan to absolutely just go buck wild with establishing the run game, even if it's a split backfield, if Adrian Peterson or Darius Geis, if they're out there on the waiver wire, it's not a, a, a beautiful play. And I'm not going to tell you that you don't need to hold your nose whenever you press start. But the Panthers are bottom of the league as far as a rush defense. And they lost on Terry Poe. He tore his quad. He's out. Now, if you look at the splits, he wasn't great when he was on the field, but it's still a starter going down. So it has to be mentioned, they've given up the seventh most rushing yards and the most rushing touchdowns in the NFL this year. It's not pretty, but it could lead to a win this year in fantasy. Over under 150 rushing yards for Washington this week, Tags. Probably go with the under but it's close. I just don't know who to pick between Peterson and Geis. I was going through that. I already I already went through that game and like legit, I, I said I'd probably lean Geis uh, of the two just because he's a better pass catcher, but yeah. um, I think Peterson probably will get the goal line carries, so maybe I should rethink that. Derek, would you rather start Darius Geis than Carlos Hyde against New England? Yes. Ooh, it's close. Um, I would go Geis only because of big play potential and just we've seen the ability of a stout defense like the Ravens absolutely just ransacked the Texans last week with I, with the way the Patriots are playing. Could we not see that in the range of outcomes versus for the Texans? So, yeah, I, I do lean that way. Yeah, I, I would say I'm a little bit lower on Hyde. Only other one I want to mention is Latavius Murray. I mean, Alvin Kamara is still the lead back, but Murray has a big enough role that I could see starting him against Atlanta. It's not a slam dunk play or anything like that. But if you're desperate, I think uh, Latavius Murray is a good option. Guys, let's go to the wide receiver position. There's a lot of obvious plays. Would you guys say Jamison Crowder at Cincinnati gets to that level, Derek? Is he a must play against Cincinnati? Oh, I don't know about a must play. I We've just seen the target share with Sam Darnold be so all over the place. And Jamison Crowder's had his weeks where he's he's been targeted a lot. But then, just like every other pass catcher, he's also disappeared. Sam Darnold is spreading the ball out. I don't think Jamison Crowder, he's... Like last week, he had 18 receiving yards against Oakland. I know, and everybody was like, okay, but it's Oakland. And I'm like, eh, this just feels like one of those weeks where Robbie Anderson rears his head. And look, poof, there he goes. 
I, I just I don't think that Jamison Crowder is a must start for me. What do you think, Tags? I am with you. I don't think he's a must play. I think he offers a stable floor, but I don't even know what that floor is because like the Bengals uh, teams against them have averaged just 15.5 wide receiver targets per game. Uh, that's the lowest number in the NFL. Um, over the eight games with Demarius Thomas on the roster, uh, Crowder has received 49 targets, Thomas 47, Robbie Anderson 40. So if that holds true and like the, the targets against the Bengals holds true, we're looking at like five to six targets for Crowder. And we saw last week in a good matchup it's like we saw Darnold go off but Crowder had a bad game and I think this is a matter of like if Robbie Anderson is you know like becoming more a part of the offense if Demarius Thomas is over this hamstring thing Ryan Griffin looks like he's a good play but he's not guaranteed targets Le'Veon Bell looks fantastic in this game so it's like there are so many people on this team that can kind of take it so there's there's like a wide range of outcomes and can we see another two catch you know 30 yard game for Crowder absolutely um the matchup is good but I don't think he's a must start no there, there's a guy that I think that's going to fall in the same bucket for people, but is a streaming guy. And I think you might like the call considering uh, the little bit of homerism, some bears love, but <laughs> Anthony Miller, I'm really high on Anthony Miller this week versus Justin Coleman, <laughs> dude. I am all over him as a great play. And I think if people have Crowder and Anthony Miller sitting out there in the waiver wire band, I, I would be playing him over Crowder a hundred times over right now. And people are going to think like, listen to this and be like, all right, that's just a hot take and a crazy call, man. But I really don't think so, man. Like, I, y'all talk to me. Talk me off this ledge because I'm feeling it. I don't have him that high. Like, Jameson Crowder's ECR 24. That's why I asked about him. I'm like, hold on a second. Is this guy a slam dunk star? Because I don't think so. I've got him at 37. I've got Anthony Miller all the way up at 41, guys. I, I'd still probably go Crowder, but I, I don't think it's crazy to say that Miller would be a better play. Uh, the reason that I can't really, like, totally trust Anthony Miller is because like there have been like four games where he's seen seven plus targets. And then, and there's been seven games where he's seen one to three targets. And it's like the bears, like all of a sudden forget that they drafted this guy in the second round, that he was a playmaker, that he, he was a touchdown scorer last year. Like he was one of the highlights of their offense. And, it's, it's really odd. He should be a part of the offense. And if he does get, you know, six, seven targets in this game, I would love him. And I would play him over Crowder. I just don't know if I can. He has 20 in the last two weeks, man. And now he gets Detroit. Yeah. Well, fun fact, you know, who is only receiving his only hundred yard receiving game is against the lions last year. Was it was, uh huh. yeah. And Allen Robinson did play in that week. I, I do remember that game. That was the the Chase Daniel game, wasn't it? It might have been. That's why I was saying I knew there was one game with Trubisky <laughs> and one with Chase Daniel. I don't even know if Allen Robinson played that game then um, against them. I don't think he did. I, I could be wrong. But uh, either way, Justin Coleman started out the year strong for the, the Lions, and he's really struggled in coverage um, over the last two months. He's not been good. So Miller can win the matchup. It's just about the targets here. And him and Crowder are honestly similar plays this week. Uh, I, I So I'm not, I'm not, I don't think Derek's crazy here at all. <laughs> no, I, I don't think so either. I think most people, if they're following along on ECR, are going to be like, hold on a second. Anthony Miller, ECR 60. Jameson Crowder, ECR 24. I think Miller's going to go up throughout the week. I think Crowder's going to come down throughout the week. And I don't think it'll be end up being that close, but I definitely don't think it's crazy. Um, now, I've been getting a lot of questions this week already about Michael Gallup. He's got a matchup against Buffalo. Kenny Galladay, he's got a matchup against Chicago. There's still locks, right? I mean, they're still in your top 30, right, Derek? Oh, I love Michael Gallup this week. I, I just, him, and, and we, you kind of talked about bringing up DFS. Like, if you're playing the Turkey Day slate, he is a lock for me. I love Michael Gallup because Levi Wallace is hot trash. He has been <laughs> absolutely terrible this year. And he goes under the radar because everybody's so worried about Tredavious White. 
Levi Wallace has just been eviscerated this year. The guy has been terrible in coverage. So even if you want to say, okay, well, White's going to shadow Cooper if he does actually, quote-unquote, shadow him, dude, Dak is going to pepper Gallup. We're going to see a ceiling game from Gallup this week. I um I actually said that Gallup, I would consider him a high-end wide receiver three who could surprise this week. The question is, is do they shadow? And I don't know if they do. Uh, Tredavious White, he has, like, uh, I think there's only been one or two games this year where he's shadowed, so it hasn't been a consistent thing. And if they shadow, do they shadow Cooper? Do they shadow Gallup? I mean, Gallup's been better. Well, right, and that's, that's, that's why I'm wondering if they shadow, because if it was just Amari Cooper and, like, you know, Randall Cobb and Cole Beasley or something like that, then yeah, they're, but Gallup is like, he's not somebody that you just forget about. You can't just be like, oh, you know what? Let's worry about Omari Cooper, who hasn't really done much the last few weeks. That's probably playing through an injury. He's got to be banged up. Yeah. So, I mean, well, you could see him. He's limping around the field like he's been playing through it all year. But that's my that's my only concern with Gallup is that they don't shadow. And if they don't, then Amari could have a big game. Sure. Yep. I agree with that. Uh, and Kenny Galladay, senior top 30 against Chicago Tags. I mean, depending on the quarterback situation. But yeah, it, it, as long as... Uh, is Driscoll's out there, then yes, I would play Galladay. Galladay is actually... Only nine targets the last two, two weeks, though. Like, he's not getting it done. No, I know. I Believe me, I know. Uh, but Galladay... Hold on, I'm going to pull up the stat because I wanted to make sure that I, I said it. I found the stat. The, the Bears have allowed 20 performances of 14-plus PPR points since the start of last year. 20 of them. Galladay has accounted for 15% of them. Three, He's done it in every three, like three games, all three games he's played against them. He has finished with 14 plus PPR points. He just gets it done one way or another. And uh, yeah, I, I'm not a, I'm not like a big Bo Scarborough guy. And I do believe that the Bears can score on the Lions. So uh, I'm going to play Galladay provided Driscoll starts. But if he's out, then I mean, Galladay has to move down to. He's still in my top 30, man. I mean, just Kenny Galladay. He probably still would be. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've got Gallopy and Galladay starts. I, I might be going against the grain here. Actually, out of the Lions receivers, I like Marvin Jones a little bit more, only because I think he sees a little bit more of Kyle Fuller this week. But uh, didn't didn't Prince of Mukamura, uh get knocked out of that last game? I, th- I think he's going to be fine. I Honestly, I, I obviously watch these guys every single week, and uh, they're both beatable. I mean, I'm not worried about Kyle Fuller. I'm not worried about Prince of Mugamera. Mugamera could be, be beat deep. Like, he's actually a pretty, de- uh, like, around the line of scrimmage, he's actually pretty good. But if you go over the top, like, if you have some speed, Galladay can get over the top. And we saw Galladay score a touchdown on just, like, one garbage time, like, late deep pass uh, against the Bears uh, when they played a couple weeks ago. So... I'm not, it's more like betting on regression for Marvin Jones because like the targets weren't amazing even with Driscoll, but it's more of like, he's just been more efficient. It's a, it's a rough situation though, but it's like one of those arguments that like you always play your studs. Right. And I don't, I just can't see sitting Kenny Galladay. All right, guys, we've got some more wide receivers to talk about, but first the holiday season's coming up. And if you want to shop for yourself or someone else in your family that loves fantasy sports, we've got a shop now at fantasy pros. You go to shop.fantasypros.com. And uh, I was talking to tags about it. When I saw that the shirts were going to be that inexpensive, I was like, dude, I hope these shirts are really comfortable. And we both got a couple sent our way, and I couldn't believe how comfortable it was. You can get a Fantasy Pros Football Podcast t-shirt for $13.99. We also have a new t-shirt. If you love Tag's article, the primer, we've got a primer t-shirt. You can get it in whatever color you want. Again, that's $13.99. And I'm telling you, the shirts are unbelievably comfortable. Like you hear this and you're going to be like, okay, Bobby, we get it. They're comfortable. When you order one, you're going to be like, I see what you were talking about. You weren't exaggerating at all. Super comfortable. I even sleep in it at night sometimes, man. It's like better than pajamas. So I'm looking at wide receivers, ECR 30 to 35. I'm just going to list them off. You guys tell me if there's one that you're excited about and one that you're, you know, not excited about and you've got them quite a bit lower. Terry McLaurin, 
going up against Carolina. Sammy Watkins face Oakland. Robert Woods at Arizona. Tyrell Williams at the Chiefs. Tyler Boyd face the Jets. D.D. Westbrook face Tampa. Debo Samuel at Baltimore. Derek, who do you like? Who do you hate out of this group? I'm lower on Tyler Boyd uh, probably this week than most. I know a lot of people are going to have been playing him out of necessity every single week. But in the slot versus the Jets, Brian Poole has been a guy that we picked on in previous seasons. But with the Jets, he's actually been really good. His splits playing in zone coverage versus man, and Jets run a lot of man coverage, have been out of this world. He's actually playing. He's been a very good cornerback this week. So I'm a lot lower on Tyler Boyd. And probably higher, if I'm high on golf, then i got to be higher on his weapons, and that's going to be Robert Woods. I think that Robert Woods can have a very good game this week. What do you think, Tags, about these six? Yeah, Woods would definitely be the preferred option for me as well. Uh, like Brandon Cooks has been a guy that's been relying on the deep ball, and golf just he's not completing passes down the field. Uh, so I do happen to like Woods quite a bit. I don't even think he's going to be in Patrick Peterson's coverage a lot of the game. I think he'll be with Byron Murphy the majority of the time. So uh, I would definitely say Robert Woods of these guys. I just can't trust McLaurin with with Haskins as his quarterback is anything more than like a risky wide receiver three and Woods is someone that's actually like extremely due for some touchdown regression to, to the mean where it's like he should be someone that like I, I want to say he's Devonte Adams scored last week so is he the last one with like more than 400 yards who hasn't scored a touchdown I, I think I can't remember the exact stat, but uh, he has 663 receiving yards on the season with no touchdowns through the air so eventually that's going to catch up and if we if we do like Goff Woods is definitely a guy that you have to like well, Tags, I think him and Mike Williams are kind of fighting out for who can go the longest without scoring a touchdown this year. <laughs> and they're both like such touchdown guys. Like, how the heck did this happen? Oh, we're all like, oh, the air yards, the air yards, and it's going to regress. And then pfft, every single week. Devontae Adams had over 500 yards coming into last week without a touchdown. He finally did score, but yeah. I like uh, quite a few of these guys. Now, in order, I've got them. Sammy Watkins is my number one. Woods is my number two. I like D.D. Westbrook against Tampa quite a bit this week. Terry McLaurin got a lot of targets again last week, like it's Dwayne Haskins. Um, But for me, the one guy who doesn't belong in this list is Tyro Williams. Like, what is he, the last month, what has he been doing? Three receptions, three receptions, four receptions, two? Like, uh, Cincinnati, Detroit, the Jets. If he was going to get it done... He would have done it in these matchups. He's not doing it against Kansas City. I've got him outside my top 40. Guys. He's essentially been Robbie Anderson. Just uh, he, had, he had touchdowns at the beginning of the year. Everybody's still loving. They still remember what he did week one. That's all this is. And they're like, he. I mean, to double down on your point, what has he done since week one? He had one game where he had 91 yards and a touchdown. And past that, he's done squat. Yeah, Bobby, I just want to say I'm with you on D.D. Westbrook, man. Um, I, I, I looked at that game earlier today and uh, the Bucks they were without MJ Stewart the last two weeks and they even had their backup to, to their backup because first off, they cut Vernon Hargraves, <laughs> went to MJ Stewart. He got hurt. He's missed the last two weeks. They had Sean Murphy Bunting covering the slot. He was injured with a knee injury over the last two weeks without MJ Stewart in the lineup, which he's bad already. They've allowed 15 of 19 passing in the slot for 144 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Westbrook saw nine targets last week. It's it, the, the the only issue with Westbrook is that like we have to. I think I think we all love everyone in the Jags passing game this week. It's it's impossible not to against the Bucks. So it, especially if they're going to keep throwing the ball forty five times a game. Yeah, I mean Conley is seeing over seven targets, seven plus targets per game. Chark is obviously the number one. Westbrook is Conley startable for you? 
he's borderline. I think that he's like in wide receiver four territory for me as somebody that I put in wide receiver three. I was on Conley last week and it didn't pan out. I'm doubling down, baby. I'm going back to him this week. Well, he got nine targets. Like that's his air yards were like third in the NFL. And his air yards were identical to Shark. I actually like him more than Didi. I would rank Chris Conley above Didi this week. Wow. All right. Um, I mean, I, I think Conley's a, a pretty dang good football player and he gets Tampa Bay. So I'm glad he's finally getting the targets. Looking forward to seeing what happens. I think he's a solid start. Let's go outside wide receiver three range. So we'll start at 36 with Will Fuller against the Patriots. Anybody from that range on, I want two names from both of you, at least. You can throw in more if you want that you would feel comfortable starting. Uh, Tags, why don't you go first? I'll uh, round up a few names, and Derek, why don't you get a few ready as well? Um, A.J. Brown is someone that I think I could play. I also think I think Corey Davis and A.J. Brown are interesting plays this week. They're so volatile. You you would feel comfortable playing them against Indy? I do, uh, just because Indy's been terrible. Like, their secondary has been where you attack. You can't run the ball on them, so Derek Henry's not going to be their, like their avenue to move the ball this week. He's just not that guy. Uh, so I, I think that both receivers can be viable. I'm going to have them both in wide receiver four territory. And they got the number two quarterback in all of fantasy football since he became a starter. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan Tannehill has been really good, dude. Like he hasn't thrown the ball a whole lot, but against Indianapolis, he's going to throw the ball a lot more. And, I think, and he can run too, man. Like, holy cow, this guy. Yep. You got to love it for him. It's so fun, man. Sorry for interrupting you, Tex. Who else do you have besides Brown and Davis? No, yeah. I mean, Anthony Miller would have been another guy that I definitely would have mentioned. And I, if you're looking for a Hail Mary play, Alan Lazard, as I mentioned, if Aaron Rodgers goes full Aaron Rodgers this week against the Giants, which is absolutely friggin' possible, is pay attention to the weather, obviously, in New York. But uh, Lazard is playing as the number two receiver. Like, he's playing well ahead of Marquez Valdez-Scantling. And uh, if they do use Janoris Jenkins to shadow Devontae Adams, you're going to see Lazard mixed up with DeAndre Baker, which is, well, the best matchup in football. All right, Derek, who do you have for us? So uh, Chris Conley, I've already spit some love on him. So obviously I like him. He's down in that range. But for me, it kind of comes back to like, like Tags is talking about. If Aaron Rodgers goes just full God mode this week, then I like the the New York Giants. I really like their pass catchers. Now we know uh, Tate has, uh, what, the concussion issues. But I, Darius Slayton and Shepard... Both of them are down there. Look, if you look at Green Bay, they get this uh, rap as being like a really good pass defense. Because they were for like three weeks, but since then they've been mediocre at best. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're in the mid-20s in explosive pass rate allowed. You look at Darius Slayton, since the guy was made a starter since week six, he's leading the team in air yards. And if you look at, like, I've been on Darius Slayton in various weeks versus the Jets. I was all over him. And in this week, I think is a week you go back to it. So whether Tate's in or out, obviously if Tate plays, then I think him and Shepard can both have great games as wide receiver threes. And I actually like Daniel Jones as a sleeper this week. So like we're talking about, I like golf, so I like Woods. If I like the quarterback, I got to like his pass catchers too. So it's it's the Giants, guys. And Sterling Shepard's averaging nine targets per game this season. Why is I didn't even realize Shepard was down that far. I would have said him too. Like that's that's a good call. Yeah, it's got to be a mistake. <laughs> you know, it's it's early enough in the week that some people I think might not have realized these errors in their rankings and they'll they'll come up. But yeah, Shepard's in my top thirty-five. Well, Golden Tate has the toughest matchup on the field. Like the Packers have been really good against the slot. Um, Jermon Williams has done a fine job. He's a veteran. He knows what he's doing. Uh, but on the perimeter is where they can be beat. And Shepard, you know, he could go over to Kevin King or uh, so Shepard or Slayton. I do believe one of those guys has a big game. I like a lot of these guys at the top. I don't feel bad about starting Fuller, Brandon Cooks, Golden Tate, Marvin Jones, Emmanuel Sanders. I mean, th- these guys have been wide receiver threes 
low-end wide receiver twos during the bye weeks, but now that every team's back, hey, they're uh, they're flex plays. I would feel good about them. Uh, Marquise Brown, Curtis Samuel, Emmanuel Sanders. If I'm going really deep, though, I love Russell Gage on Thursday with Julio Jones out. He's not out, but I'm assuming he's going to be out. He's not practicing. He was yanked from the game. It's a short week. If he's out, I'm starting Russell Gage this week. He had 10 targets uh, last week against Tampa. Uh, New Orleans has not been playing as well in their secondary as they were at the start of the season. Uh, I, I don't think Russell Gage is a bad play at all. What do you think, Tags? I, I think Julio's playing. I, I, I just don't think Julio practices anymore because, well, he's Julio and he doesn't need to practice. Uh, but I mean, they're also not in playoff contention. Like, why would he rush back? Well, I get that. And believe, well, he had this injury before this game, but he was forced to leave the game. He ended up coming back into the game. So he did come back in the game. So I assume he's fine. I think it's just rest. But Gage is still a fine play. Like, that's I'm, I'm with you on that one. Like the deep one, Nelson Agle. If there's so much ifs, ands, or buts with that with that Eagles team right now that I don't want to talk about it, but <laughs> if Alshon Jeffrey were out, Nelson Aguilar would be a top 36 play for me. So I'm glad, Derek, I'm glad you mentioned that uh, Tyler Boyd is going to be covered by Poole because I love Auden Tate for that reason this week. Um, you know, if Andy Dalton's going to be playing keep up with Sam Darnold and the Jets' horrible secondary, I think Tate could have a big game. One, if we're going down even further, right below Tate is Nikhil Harry. Yes, that was the next name I was going to mention. Let's go. Yeah, if we're deep diving into this, then I think Nikhil Harry has got to be, I would start him over Tate. I would start him over Lazard. I think that the Texans, the way you beat them is through the air. And And Sanu's going to be out again. Dorsett's probably going to be out. Edelman's banged up. Well, and Harry had a low game last week because he was on the outside versus Byron Jones. And they're two big guys. Byron Jones is going to be physical, and that's why you saw Nikhil Harry not get much run of anything. Now, Brady, if we get Brady come out and he's ticked off of the world and just determined to show that this pass game does have some life, Nikhil Harry could have a really, really good game. Yep. All right, guys, let's go to the quarterback position. Um, I'm just going to name the top six really quick. Tell me if you guys have any disagreements. It doesn't matter about the order. These guys are all must-starts. Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers against the Giants and Jameis Winston against the Jags. Any problems with any of those guys? I mean, Jameis Winston, I wouldn't have at six, but I don't have any issue if you want to start him. Yeah, I, I think Winston's the only name that stands out to me. I'm, I'm, it's a little bit rich considering if we, if we like Ronald Jones as much as we do, then how much do we believe Winston probably does in this game? He's in your top 10 though, right? Yeah, he would be. he's scraping in the top 10. I, I'd have him more closer to 10, 10, 11-ish for me. So here's how we're going to handle quarterbacks this week, okay? Derek, you give me two other names outside of those six that you feel good about starting. And then Tags, you're going to do the same. I'll give us two more at the end. Well, the first guy, I mean, we're talking about Tampa. It's got to be Nick Foles for me. I would start him in a heartbeat this week going against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who have just been eviscerated. They're allowing the second most fantasy points per game to quarterbacks. They're allowed the second most passing yards and passing touchdowns. So I love Nick Foles. Also, I like Sam Darnold this week. We're talking about against the Bengals. You took my two guys, dude. (laughs) Oh, man. Look, you got to love him. I mean, I love how we're in lockstep with this. But ever since Sam Darnold, apparently he must have called Ghostbusters because ever (laughs) since he saw Ghost Smith, he's been a different quarterback. And a lot of that comes down to him not seeing pressure. 67% 67% completion percentage, 250 yards per game. He's around uh, 7.8 yards per attempt over his last four games, and the Bengals cannot pressure. They're 28th in adjusted sack rate. So 
that's my two guys. Sorry to, to steal your thunder, Bobby. It's okay. I've got I've got several <laughs> more. Who do you have, Tex? You going the easy route? You taking uh, Matt Ryan and Kyler Murray? Well, Matt Ryan would be there. Carson Wentz <laughs> would be there, I think. It depends on the receivers. Again, the, Car- wait, you say Carson Wentz? I, w- I would go Carson Wentz if I knew his receivers were playing. I'm assuming they are right now, but I'm going to move him down if they don't. ECR 16, man. I don't get that. But Jared Goff, I'm going to go with. Again, I'm I'm totally fine with playing Jared Goff this week. And uh, if you look at the matchups that he's done well in, he's done well in really, really easy matchups. And the Cardinals justify as that. Like, they've allowed 2.7 more fantasy points per game to quarterbacks than any other team in the NFL. And this game's in a dome. We don't have to worry about any weather. Uh, like, it's, yeah, I, I like Jared Goff quite a bit. So, yeah, I'll, I'll go with those guys. I've actually got four more I'd feel comfortable starting. I'm just going to go through them quick. The first two are cheat codes because they run the ball. Uh, Kyler Murray. Josh Allen. It doesn't matter who they're playing. They're playing the Rams in, in Dallas. They're going to run the ball and they're going to get free fantasy points that way. Josh Allen has been so consistent all season. Like every single game except the one against the Patriots, he's got 17 plus fantasy points. That's who Josh Allen is. Uh, now the other two, Tom Brady, because he gets Houston. You already mentioned that's the point of attack. And then Ryan Tannehill because he's been the GOAT. Uh, I mean, besides Lamar Jackson, <laughs> Tannehill's been the GOAT since he became the starter. And again, you attack them through the air. Now nobody mentioned... Deshaun Watson face New England. I've got him outside my top 16, guys. Would either of you be comfortable playing Watson over a Nick Foles, over a uh, Jared Goff? Yeah, over Foles, just because I I know Nick Foles isn't very good. Yeah, but he's throwing the ball 45 times a game, and he gets Tampa. I know, I know. It's because he's been inefficient, though. Yeah. Like, I put Dak Prescott over Nick Foles, not because I like Dak Prescott this week, but because I... Oh, yeah, nobody mentioned Dak either. He's ECR 8 going up against Buffalo. I put him over Foles just because I can't justify doing it. So I I always try and think about my lineup and, like, can I justify putting in Nick Foles over Dak Prescott? No, but I would justify putting in Jared Goff over all those guys. Derek, you're you're all in, aren't you? You're going you're going over Dak Prescott, over Deshaun Watson, aren't you? Oh man, I, <laughs> it's it's rough, man. You've seen Watson crumble under pressure. I am. If I have to make the fantasy playoffs, I'm playing Nick Foles over either of these guys this week. I and you know what? And I actually say that I agree with that because Watson, we've seen him fold under pressure. Because that offensive line is not that much improved this year. The Patriots are going to bring it versus him. Just considering if you just be kind and rewind for a second and look at what the Ravens did. And they don't even pressure as well as the Patriots do. So I don't hate the call at all. Yeah, I'm I'm all in on uh, on Big Nick this week. Well, also, I'm into Sean Watson the last three weeks. 28 attempts, 29 attempts, 30 attempts. The volume's just not there. Like, why do we not play Kirk Cousins? He's awesome. Well, because the volume's not there. Same with Deshaun Watson. He doesn't throw the ball a ton either. And Nick Foles, again, averaging 45 attempts. That's going to come down. But if he throws the ball 38 times, guess what? That's basically an extra quarter of football that Nick Foles gets. Guys, let's go to the tight end position. And finally, we've got a lot of these tight ends back. It's not so horrible this week. Kelsey, Ertz, Henry, Kittle, Andrews, Jared Cook, Darren Waller. We got seven of them. We can breathe. Greg Olson's probably in the conversation either. I can't imagine either of you would bench him. Outside of those tags, give me one name you're starting. Did you say Dallas Goddard? I didn't say Goddard. He's number nine on my list. So, I mean, he would have been next. Yeah. I mean, I haven't gotten through all the games, but I'm going to, he's going to be in my top six. I'm fairly certain. Top six. All right. I think so. I, I think there's plenty of against the Dolphins. I mean, again, there's a lot of ifs with the, the Eagles team right now, but I feel confident in Goddard. I mean, there's I think it's just been one game over his last five or six that he's finished outside the top 12 tight ends. So that's a that's a good floor for a streamer. Guys, I'm playing Goddard over Mark Andrews. If, Same. If I have the choice. You are, too. Yeah, I would, too. 
Awesome, guys. Let's go. Yeah, because Mark Andrews gets San Francisco. Derek, who do you feel good about outside of that top seven? I think with Ebron gone, you t- you look at the splits with Ebron on and off the field, and Doyle's target share and red zone target share just jump through the roof. I mean, his target share goes from 3 to 21%. His red zone target share goes from 8 to 20%. We wanted for so long for this Colts tight end position to get down to one guy. And I'm saying this with the idea that Moali Cox is not going to be the second wheel in this idea. So I, I love Doyle, and I think he's going to rule the week. <laughs> All right. Uh, Jack Doyle is ECR 13 right now. Dallas Goddard, 9. Um, other guys in the top 12, Ryan Griffin, Gerald Everett, Jacob Hollister, Kyle Rudolph is at 14 because of Seattle, but it's touchdown or bust with him. Uh, Noah Fant's all the way down at 16. He's been getting a lot of targets. For me, there's two guys that I like. One of them is, uh, at, we already mentioned him, Gerald Everett, ECR 11, because he gets Arizona. Like, I know he's not getting the targets, but he gets Arizona. And then all the way down at ECR 22, and this is funny, because I've been the anti-TJ Hawkinson guy all year, but he gets Chicago, guys, and Chicago's been bad against tight ends. Now, I know he's not really getting the uh, the targets, but again, this comes down to he's got the third-string quarterback. What do third-string quarterbacks tend to do? They check down, target the tight ends over the middle of the field because it's safer. I think Hawkinson might actually have a good week this week. I don't think the Bears are a good match. I know that the fantasy points against says that they are, but, I mean, even going back to the start of last year, we're talking about a sample size now of 27 games. There's been two tight ends to top 49 yards. That's it. I just worry about David Blah. Yeah, and they, well, they had a three-way timeshare <laughs> tight end last week. Like, they split snaps with him now, and I'm like, I don't know what's going on with Hawkinson, but... I mean, I've got him outside my top 12. Don't hear me wrong. I'm just saying, like, if you're streaming, would you rather go with Hawkinson or Mike Isecki or, or Dawson Knox? I'd go Dawson Knox or Ryan Griffin over Hawkinson. Well, Ryan Griffin's not out there, though. He's owned in most leagues. He's ECR 10, by the way. That's true. You know who's a sleeper tight end? I don't even want to say it, but I will say it. Nick O'Leary. Oh, yeah. The guy for Nick Foles because Nick Foles loves tight ends. Well, no, I mean, so the reason is because Nick O'Leary was the team (laughs) for one week. Like he played his first game with the team last week and he saw four targets, caught all four for 36 yards going against Tampa, who is legitimately just a step below Arizona in terms of how bad they are against tight ends. So he can kind of like go under the radar and steal some like love from like the, the DFS, like guys that we're going to love, like Conley and Chark. And we're going to like be swearing at our TV because Nick O'Leary scored a touchdown. That is such a good call, Tags. Uh, let's go on over to DST. And there are so many options this week. I mentioned on, on yesterday's show, nine of my top 12 are available in over 50% of leagues. Uh, obviously, we're playing against Dwayne Haskins. He's got Carolina. Obviously, we're playing against uh, Miami. They've got Philadelphia. Who else are you certain is a good play this week, Derek? Give me two names. Whew. I, the the sad thing is that the Steelers are probably owned in every single league, and I would have picked them up, and I'll stream them all the way till the end. They're available in over 50%. Wow. Can you believe it? No, I can't believe that because they're top five in pressuring the quarterback. Since they got Minka, their number two D- DST in all of fantasy, they're one of only two teams, them and the Patriots, that have, they're averaging double-digit points. So I cannot believe they're that widely available. That That's absolutely insane. I would ride the Steelers and not even pick up another defense all the way for the rest of the season. But the second team, if I am anti-Joe Mixon, if I truly believe as disgusting as it sounds, it's the Jets for me. And I know Andy <laughs> Dalton's coming back this week, but the eight games with Andy under center, he's still the seventh most sacked quarterback. He's thrown eight picks. I talked about Brian Poole going against their their best receiver and Tyler Boyd. Even if A.J. Green is back, we can't project him for more than, what, 50% of the snaps. 
the Jets, if you are struggling and if every DST is picked up, the Jets are not a horrible play this week. You just named number one and number two in my rankings this week. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> we're in a lot. We're in lockstep here with a lot of stuff. Tags. Who else do you feel really confident in? I mean, I have the Bears up there. The Ravens. The Ravens are probably owned in too many leagues, but uh, well, the people dropped them thinking they were playing the Rams. I don't know why. I loved them against the Rams. The Steelers were mentioned. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, the Jags is, are not a bad play. I mean, the Jags defense, I know that they've mailed it in and whatever, but if you kind of look at it, and it's the reason I don't like Jameis Winston this week, because like, if you look at what they have allowed to quarterbacks, people will see that they've allowed, I think it's like the the 13th most fantasy points to quarterbacks. If you take away the rushing touchdowns that they've allowed, they've allowed just the 10th fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks on the year. They do still have a pass rush. Um, it's not it's not great anymore, but at the same time, Winston is the king of turnovers. So we, that's why like last week people were playing the Falcons defense because it was like all right they're playing against the Bucks why not so I don't think you should ever cross off a defense that's playing against the Bucks I got two more I'm excited about Packers at the New York Giants because Daniel Jones with all those fumble problems and then Cleveland Browns going up against the third string quarterback for Pittsburgh what do you guys think I I like it I think the Browns are still a little bit a tick below for me like if the the Broncos were out there I would play them over the Browns this week Mm -hmm. I agree All right, guys, that's all for today's show. Derek, it was a pleasure finally having you on. Thank you for taking the time. Absolutely, guys. Look, thank you all for having me. This was an absolute blast. I know Tags is fighting through it under the weather, but this is a good show, guys. It was a lot of fun. Thank you, Derek. Appreciate it, man. Feel better, Tags. Thanks, dude. All right, guys, and I want to thank the sponsors of today's show, Paul Frederick. If you want $50 off any of these comfortable happening shirts, go to paulfrederick.com slash fantasy pros. And also, Burrow, if you're a homebody like me during the winter and don't want to go out, you need a better couch than you have right now. You can get $75 off a new sofa and free one-week shipping at burrow.com slash fantasy pros. That's B-U-R-R-O-W dot com slash fantasy pros for $75 off a new Burrow sofa. And also, since it's Christmas time, don't forget to check out our new shop at shop.fantasypros.com. Some really good values. And again, the shirts are super comfortable. For Mike Tagliere and Derek Brown, I'm Bobby Sylvester. Thanks for listening and enjoy your football. I just wanted you to watch me dissolve.